I know, I've talked pretty much ad nauseum about how much I love Jenny Nash's blueprint books. But now, I have fantastic and new news. Her newest, Blueprint for a Memoir, How to Write a Memoir for the Marketplace, is out now. Blueprint for a Memoir is your step-by-step guide to understanding your reader, your message, and the always-changing publishing marketplace. From finding your why, to identifying your ideal reader, and the memoir books they already love, Jenny's new book is your key to the clarity and insight your work in progress might be missing. Find it on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. Hey, I'm KJ Delantonia, and this is Hashtag AmWriting, the weekly podcast about writing all the things, short things, long things, pitches, proposals. This is normally the podcast about sitting down and getting your work done, and it still is, but we are deep in a series of episodes about ideas, which is more like sitting down and thinking about getting your work done before you uh, put a lot of work into something that doesn't turn out to be the right thing. So, you know, more of the same, but le- but different. And I am KJ Delantonia. I'm the author of three novels, The Chicken Sisters in Her Boots, and the forthcoming, if you're listening to this in real time, Playing the Witch Card out in fall of 2023. And with me today is uh, Jenny Nash, my colleague for this series of ideation um, episodes, of which this is number five-ish. And hi, Jenny. Thanks for joining me yet again. Thanks for having me. Always love to talk with you about all the things. Yeah. So... Today's topic last week, if you're listening, um, if you're if you're if you're playing along, um, last week we talked to Rachel Heron about memoir. And this week we're gonna dig even deeper into this, the possibly, arguably um, hardest, in my opinion, of all the genres. And in some ways it's hardest because of the illusion that it is um, easiest. What do you think? I think that is very well said. <laughs> it is writing a good memoir. And by good memoir, I mean one that other people want to read is, I think, among the hardest things for sure. Yeah. And we have said um, a couple of times during this series and probably you know in other places as well that there are there's writing a memoir for publication, whether you intend to publish it or whether you intend to seek out a traditional public publisher. So there's writing that that writing a memoir is writing for people who do not love you and may never love you. Um, and then there's writing a memoir for your family or for yourself. Or that is a different, a very different exercise. And it's just it's just not what we're um, it's just not what we're talking about here. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So you have just come out of writing. Your thing is to write sort of the definitive books about putting together a blueprint, the pieces for starting an idea. So you have blueprint for a novel, you have blueprint for fiction, you have blueprint for nonfiction, and they are both books that people can use to either launch a fresh new idea or 
go back and figure out what it was that they were doing with an idea that they have already already have already have written. Um, they're they're really they're really awesome structure. They're not even so much structure of the book books so much as they are really structure of the idea books. Yes, yes, yeah. that's a good way of putting it. And now you have finally done the same for memoir, and I happen to know that you have put this off for a long time. So let's start by talking about why. Why did memoir come last in this series of, of books about ideas that you've been writing? Oh, I've been dreading this one for a really long time. I, I really didn't want to write this one. And the reason is that I know how hard it is. I know how hard it is to explain these concepts. The whole point of these blueprint books is to make a space for writers to answer the fundamental questions about their idea before they start to write. Or as you said, if they get stuck. And I just knew with memoir that that conversation is really difficult. Now you came to all of these, the the all three blueprint books after you had coached for seven years. Oh, when did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've been coaching for I think it's eight or nine years actually before I started the first blueprint book. And, and the reason I started them was it, it was so very frustrating to be a coach and have manuscript after manuscript after manuscript come to me with the same problems. They were all the same problems. And and these were people trying to get agents, trying to get book deals, you know, wondering why it wasn't working, getting rejected. And I just, I it was pattern recognition at a certain point. It wasn't even hard to see what was wrong. It was just like, oh, this, 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 this. And so I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could solve these problems before people wrote their 350 pages or their 250 pages or, or whatever it was. And so I started thinking, well, what do we need to know? What what are the things that are wrong? And what questions can we ask to try to solve for those things before they get baked in to the manuscript? So because it goes so deeply into exactly what we've been talking about for these last few episodes and what you and I tend to come back to talking about almost every time we talk, um, what is it that you were seeing what what is that sort of fundamental uh, or those fundamental mistakes that you kept seeing in draft after draft after draft and with writer after writer after writer well with with it, with memoir in particular there there's really well it's any book actually there's two there's two fundamental things that you see that are wrong one is uh, totally flat the whole thing is just flat. And that might be, it might be a great idea. And you and I have talked a lot about those those notions that you have or those situations that come into your head for, for a novel. And it's like a great little moment or idea or snippet or scenario. And, and people try to make that into a book and it doesn't work. There's, there's a flatness to it. The idea sounds sparkly and great, but the the execution of it is it, there's just no there there there's no depth there's no narrative drive there's nothing to pull the reader through there it's just it's just flat and then on the other end of the spectrum would be overly prescribed so that would be a manuscript that follows a set of rules uh, so you could imagine a story and it's like oh on page 120 we're supposed to meet the 
mentor or, you know, whatever the prescribed structural thing is. And they, they are flat in a different way. They're mechanical or there's no life to them. They, they follow the, the order that they're supposed to follow, but the, the person hasn't, in both cases, what, what I think the problem is, is the person doesn't actually know what they're writing. They haven't done the work of what really is this story about? Why do I care about it? What, why am I connected to this idea? And how can I best bring that idea to life? Those are, they did not ask those questions. Mm. And, and when you ask writers of those kinds of manuscripts, those questions, usually they're met with silence. Like, I don't know, you know, what's your point? What are you trying to say here? Uh, what do you mean? I don't know. I haven't thought about that, <laughs> you know, and they've written mm. 300 pages and they haven't thought about that. And so the, um, what the blueprint is intended to do is to help people walk them through those questions and, and get them to answer them for themselves so that they can go back to the work or start the work from a place of deeper knowing so when it comes to memoir, um, yeah, so let, let's let's focus in and, and talk to me a little bit about what it is that you were specifically seeing with memoir writers, because it really does, I mean, <laughs> it, it doesn't sound easy exactly, because, you know, I know how hard it is to write a book, but it, 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 I can see it. It's like, well, you know, it's, it's a story about things that have already happened and they did happen. Like they weren't flat. They, they were exciting, um, or they were terrible and, you know, and maybe, and now I'm different. So why can I not just, um, just write that down? Right. So that's exactly why memoir is so terribly difficult to write is that you are, first of all, you're still living your life. <laughs> So that story hasn't actually ended and and where you end a, a story from your own life can have a massive impact on what that story is and what it's saying and and what it's doing. You know, you could you could write the the story of getting married and end it two weeks after the wedding and it's it's happily ever after. Or you could take it 35 years later and it's probably not half happily ever after, you know, so where you end the story really matters. So you're still you're still living it. That's one thing. And then there's the the you 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 hit on it. I, I experienced this thing and I changed. So I'm a different person. So now you're dealing with different iterations of your own self. It's it's the you as a character, you as a narrator, and those two personas interacting with each other, like it's very it's very weird and it's very layered. And who is that narrator and where are they standing in time? And who is that character and how are they changing in time? And what does the narrator know about that character? All of those questions, very, very, very difficult to conceptually sort out and then to execute that on the page. You know, we're so used to reading amazing memoirs that we forget that this is hard. Oftentimes mm -hmm. the memoirs that get into our hands are so, are so well done that we forget that there was any craft to them at all. I remember picking up Educated and, and turning the final page or even in the middle of it, just thinking to myself, who, 
showed her how to shape this story. I mean, if she did it naturally, uh, that 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 would just, I mean, because it is, it is exactly what you want in a memoir. It's a fairly narrow snapshot. I mean, obviously, a million other things happened to her and are continuing to happen to her. It is a look back from a different place that, you know, if she weren't in that different place, she couldn't give you what you want about her childhood. This is the uh, story about the young woman who grew up in a really, it's not exactly a fundamentalist household so much as it is a pretty crazy household and was sort of working in the dump and was home because her father ran a dump and was home educated and taught that education was wrong and taught that the world was going to end and taught a whole lot of things and, you know, got out and I think and ended up at Oxford and Harvard and in a whole lot of of different places. I mean, this is someone who like didn't know the ho- about like didn't know what the word Holocaust meant until she was sitting in a college classroom. So, you know, it's an amazing story, but the way she tells it is so perfectly structured that um it's that it's it's that it's not just the story it's it's the way it's told well that's right and and after that book came out and after wild came out and after eat pray love came out i i was teaching at ucla when eat pray love came out actually and and it was just hilarious people would bring it in clutching you know this book and whole classrooms full of people that wanted to write the exact same story and they they would they would, you know, Eat, Pray, Love has those three sections and and their genius title. And so they would say, but mine's going to be, you know, three words, whatever they were. And it's going to be love, pray, eat. And it's going to be, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's like it doesn't it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You, you can, in fact, adopt a structure that another writer has used. That is a thing you can do. But that the people who had that impulse to write that book we're not doing the work that you and I are talking about. They they were just thinking, I had interesting things happen to me too. Or in the case of educated, oh, my family was crazy too. And we were crazy in these other ways. And that's the book I'm going to write. But it's, it, you know, what Tara Westover did was the, was the work. And, and that's what we're talking about is, is that answering those questions of what am I really trying to say? And what is the best way to say it, what is the best structure or form? Or, I think or... it's the distinction between I want to tell you and you want to hear me. Yes, yes, that's really yeah. beautiful. Or from that. our perspective, it's the distinction between I want to tell and I want to be heard. So if you yes. want to be heard, you you need to figure this stuff out. So let's let's talk about. I mean, why is this just why why are we talking about this as an idea instead of like the whole book. You know, like we're 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 talking about this is stuff you need to think about either before you write or if you're thinking about it while you're writing or after you write it's still separate from sitting with your fingers on a keyboard or a a pencil. Um so why are we talking about it like that? Like why is it why is it sort of above the the words and the chapters and the pages? Yeah, so all of these conversations you and I have been having have been about what's a good idea? How do you know when you have a good idea? How do you take one of those situations or scenarios and and turn it into a good idea? What is that process of of a sparkle in your head to to a good idea that's going to make a good book? And in 
in memoir, I think the the keys are thinking about your your point. What do you want to say? And then the frame, meaning how long a period of time are you going to tell? Because you're, this is not an autobiography. It's not the story of your life. So what makes a good idea for a memoir? And it, you know, it's, I had a conversation just a couple of days ago with a client who, when I heard her idea, her, her book idea, I, I could instantly see the book and, and it sounded just fascinating and, and amazing. And the, I'll just tell you the, the scenario and you will probably hear the same thing. So this, um, woman had a brother who was a pilot, a big, big jet, big plane pilot who died in one of one of the terrible crashes that we ha all see on TV and um, was blamed for pilot error. Mm. And and the writer, the author, is a, a woman who has spent her entire life in emergency services, uh, public works emergency services. So she's an engineer who understands emergencies and accidents and things that go wrong in a way most of us don't. And she she's going to explore the her brother's death. Yeah, because I, I can see this right? immediately. I can also see sort of the giant messy pile of possibilities that she has and has to sort through to figure out like what this. Wh well, what that's is exactly this? it. So in her head, and and in fact, she came to me with a finished manuscript and. The, so when I said to you before, you instantly see what's wrong or what the patterns are, you know, the things people always do wrong. And she had conflated two things together. It's a, a story of her grief and then a story of the this uh, this plane mm. accident thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so then the first question is, well, which do you want to write? What What's the book you want to write? Because the the two, you have to pick and yeah. to, to, to make or a good book. Or if they're going to twine together... You need one unifying sentence that twines them together. Like, or, or, yeah, yeah, or a unifying mm -hmm. thing or something. So the work is then, okay, what do I want to write? And is this, so So the, the danger always with memoir is what you just said. Do you want to write for your own self? If, if she was writing about her own grief, and lost and and wanting to remember her brother and all the clever stories about when he was a kid that's that's not a book for the rest of us if if you know there's you know cuz we've talked about it KJ I love all the grief books so mm -hmm. like give me all the grief books but but give me you know Amy Amy uh, blooms in love which is it's just about the assisted suicide of her husband from when he had Alzheimer's and gorgeously constructed such a poignant point so beautifully done like give me all the grief books but but don't just tell me about your grief I don't care right so uh, you know the what the writer has to figure out is what their intention is what they want to do and w in terms of idea what what do people want to hear from her about? You know, this is not an actual airplane crash expert. So we don't want to hear about actual airplane crash expertise from this person. No, so but we might want to hear about blame and... Right. Yeah, and, and you know, how that... So that, I mean, here we are. I hope this writer wouldn't 
wouldn't, wouldn't mind this, that we're sort of just... Di- but yeah, we might want to hear about blame and how it is distributed in the... Because she could talk about other accidents, you know, big things where someone has been blamed and, you know how the the urge to blame and and the the reality of responsibility and the way it's distributed or the you know whether even if it is individual like how that plays out like that could be you know that's where she or that's where her expertise would be really interesting but it also might not be what she wants to write so I'm just smiling so hard here because you're so good at this, KJ, that that's exactly the conversation that we had. And that's exactly the book that I saw when she came to me. It's like, that could be amazing. But if she wants to write this other book, she needs to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And and it, her decision is going to impact how the odds of her getting other people interested in this, other people meaning agents and editors and yep. readers, and those decisions, you know, let's say that the decision is, oh, I want I want all the readers I can get and the biggest book deal I can get. There are decisions that you could make, but that might not, in fact, be the book she wants to write. Yeah. So, and I'd like that, to back off and talk about that for a second. Yeah. Um, which is the thing about memoir is it is... I think maybe the easiest area in which it you could conceivably get pushed into or push yourself into writing something that you don't want to have written or that you don't necessarily want to have out there. And I have both, yeah, I mean, I have both personal experience with that and also just as a reader and consumer of memoirs who also lives in the world of writers and meets a lot of writers. So let me say up front, I have never met the authors of Eat, Pray, Love, Wild, or Educated. So these are not the people that I'm talking about. I have met some authors of other really big memoirs that some of you may have read. And they were... um, not people you'd want to sit next to on an airplane. <laughs> mm. Like there is there is that. So it, it's like kind of like, who are you? And, you know, who do you want to be in the world? Do you want, if you're, if you suddenly become the face of Eat, Pray, Love, and I think that's something that Elizabeth Gil- Gilbert wrestled with a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you want people coming up to you and interacting with you about that? You know, do you want people crying on you and telling you, you know, if you're this, if you're the author of Wild, do you want to hear everyone else's story of losing their mother? Um, you know, so there's that piece of it. Like, do you want to be? And then there's, and then there's the sort of question of who you are. Are you someone who puts all of your inside stuff on the outside for everyone to see? And if you're so not, was- this might not. I mean, maybe this is not. A road for you. Or maybe you could write the book about engineering structures and grief because that would also be a kind of a step. You know, you would still have to reveal all your rawness, but you would be revealing it a context that that made it clear that, that maybe, you know, it wasn't just about you know, stripping yourself bare and and renting and like whipping yourself with I don't know what it is biblical and Greek mythology characters do when they're grieving, but you know, it's big and and it's huge. And well, there is this element and this is inherent in social media as well 
a kind of performative vulnerability, like, oh, let me let me be vulnerable because yes. that's how I get attention or that's how what is expected of a public persona. So I will out vulnerable you on yeah. this particular topic. There are some people that think that that's a path to um, whatever it is that, that they're wanting. But I want to ask about your experience because I, I know you you wrote a memoir that you chose then not to publish what was what was that about this aspect or was that what was that about um that was actually a a, a different question of of not wanting to um i hadn't i hadn't thought about the either the performative a- aspect of it anyway so yes i wrote my first book was a book about reading with babies and toddlers and twos and i wrote it with susan straub and it was great and then um and it's still out in the world's got book list and it's it's very lovely and then I was really deep in sort of the throes of parenting and also of adoptive parenting and the complications thereof and I wrote a memoir about the experience of um, forming your family in that particular way and anyone who is a part of any adoption knows that they, they start with um that it's not a happy story that doesn't start in a happy place for um at least one member of the you know adoption group um and i i don't know so so i I'd, I'd written an entire book about this that and you know i'm i'm dancing around it in part for the same reason that i ultimately decided not to publish it so i wrote it i wrote a proposal I met with agents. I got an agent. Um, And then I took a deep breath and I thought about it and I realized that to publish this would be to permanently alter my relationship with my family members. Um, And I didn't want it. I didn't, I just, I just wasn't willing to do it. And that does come back, I think, to the fact that I am not a person who will strip my emotions bare for you on, and, you know, on a long flight from New York to to, uh, Los Angeles. Um... Yeah, I'm so, I, I've never for a moment regretted that decision. It just, it was the right call. Uh, and it could have been, you know, who knows? Maybe it, it was it was the big book of my life. But, but yeah, I don't think so. But anyway. Yeah, so I didn't want that out there. In retrospect, I also now, 15 years later, would not want to be famous for having written that book. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, they're big, big questions. They are, they're really big questions. And it's the, so the idea coming up with the idea is that's, that's why memoir is so hard because you're the character Mm -hmm. and the narrator and the person who's crafting the book. So those are actually three roles that you're playing. And when that book comes out, you are, in some ways, held to more account or held held judged more than than writers of fiction or or nonfiction because you chose to put yourself in yeah. in as the character and and it's just it's just the reality. So it's it's hard emotionally. It's hard uh, 
creatively it's hard it's all just it's hard and they i keep saying that it's a mantra it's hard because i think if we can save anybody from going down that path there's so many reasons to write memoir there's there's so many good reasons to write it the proof is absolutely there that it's incredibly therapeutic from a um a mental health standpoint to tell your story and to write your story and to share your story. Those things are all really true. And for people like veterans and survivors of, of different kinds of um, abuse and experiences, it's enormously helpful to, to write your story. And then the, the question is, is it for, is it for publication? Is right. it an idea that is going to be a commercially viable idea? So the the decision of what's what's a good idea around memoir has to incorporate all these things we're we're talking about. Yeah, and it's I mean it's it's just it's a really it's it's just it's also a really big I mean I guess every fiction is a big tent. Nonfiction is a big tent. This is also a big tent. I do think that there are ways to come at these memoir stories that might be more appealing. You know, you, you maybe you want to, you know, maybe, maybe you are the kind of person who just wants to tell, to share this and tell it and, and tear and, and be out there with it all the time. And you are more open and you are um, more raw. And I think I'm, I, I'm saying that as though that's a bad thing because for me it would be a bad thing. But I think that for Elizabeth Gilbert, maybe, uh, or someone, you know, for some people it is not a bad thing. Um, even the people I'm saying that I've met and I don't want to sit next to on an airplane, lots of people do want to sit next to them on an airplane. Um, it's just not comfortable for me. So maybe you're that. But if you are not that and you still have a story to tell, there are still ways to get at it if you come at your idea correctly. So, um, you know, I think about Mary Laura Philpott and the memoir in essays and that her two memoirs and essays, um, I Miss You When I Blink and Bomb Shelter are both very deep explorations of some very serious things, but they are not, they're, they are not, um, she has kept some of herself in herself <laughs> Yeah, and if you read them, you you feel totally in an understanding of of the experience, but without you know feeling like someone has stripped themselves bare in front of you. So it's a different, it's just a different way of of getting at it. So I feel like it can be, you know, you can do this in different ways. Or to return to our our um, engineer with the the grief memoir, if she wrote it in that way. And looked at, you know, and, you know, she could talk about the structure of grief and the structure of buildings and, and the structure of an accident. And she could put it all together and it would be there and it would give other people, I think, something and solace. And there would be some wonderful things there, but it would not um, have that raw quality of some books. Um, I happened to be looking back at Augustine Burroughs recently. He wrote Running oh, with Scissors sure. and a whole bunch of other stuff. And that is a, a man who, you know, it, it really is apparently at least laying it all out there. Um, I think it, what she could do would be just, it would be very different and it'd be a different readership, but it would still find people, right? And I think with a, with a memoir there, and that forming of the idea, there is the option always 
to go to fiction or to go to nonfiction, to really take a different off ramp, mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah. off mm-hmm. the freeway and, and be in a different place. And I think it's important for memoir writers to at least consider that for their own benefit to make sure that they are driving down the road they want to be driving down and or or would they feel more comfortable if it was going to be uh, a novel or a, a prescriptive nonfiction or how-to book where I think about my um, my friend uh, Monica Holloway wrote a book called Cowboy and Wills that was uh, did very very well maybe a dozen years ago and Cowboy was a dog and Wills was her autistic son and she was writing about the relationship between this dog and and this boy and the result of her writing this memoir was that she she went on the road this was back in the day when when the road was was more of a thing talking to groups of um parents and talking to autism organizations and researchers and just all kinds of people in that world and had that incredible outcome of being able to be part of conversations because she wrote this memoir, but she could have written a nonfiction book as well and that would have had the same result and taken her to some of those same places and conversations. And and she could have written a uh, a novel. So, you know, it is, it there is a, there is a consideration around what is this going to, to be? I have this idea. What is the form that is that is going to take? Right. So when we talk about ideas and memoir, it's just um, even more important. I don't know. It's always important. But you just you have to know what it is that you're you're trying to write just to come back to the same thing that we have said in every single episode over and over again and also maybe you'll write it one way like you may not be able to save people from that one when it comes from met to memoir and also you might not even want to save them like i think in a lot of cases it's good to write the therapeutic version and then sit with it which is so hard because we're on such a hurry and we want to share our words now. We want to be famous right this minute. And also we'd like to get some money, but to write the therapeutic version, sit with it and then figure out what you want it to be in the world with both editors and people who are looking at your words, but also with people who know you, who are in your life, who will talk to you about it from a perspective of how it's going to change you and who you are in the world because that and we've talked about this with nonfiction before that you could get pushed into writing something that later you're like dang it I can't believe I'm spending two years of my life on uh you know the Salem witch trials I nobody wants to write that because I had a client at the very beginning of my book coaching career who wrote he wanted to write oh my gosh it was so good KJ he wanted to write he was a admissions officer at an elite private school I want to read that already (laughs) he had a nervous breakdown that's what he called it back in the day anyway and um he gave it all up he walked away from that job to uh become a poker player so like it was it was this thing great story and he wanted to write it this was the kicker he wanted to write his memoir according to admission essay prompts that the colleges give and i actually just heard a book 
come out just last week that was the same idea. So back in the day, this was, was going to be an idea, his idea. And he wrote it and it was absolutely just amazing, heartbreaking and brutal. And it was all about these insane parents and the insane pressure that these kids were under and that that pressure reflected back on him. So he, um, he landed his dream agent that uh, is a very big deal. Uh, he had a dream publisher that I can't say very much about because it will identify who, who that was. But it was a very particular situation that he wanted that he got and everything was lined up. He had the agent, he had the, the publisher, he had the money. It was this, it was unbelievable. And then they said, we want you to dish a little more about the uh, admissions policies at these colleges and the practices at these colleges. We want you to name names. We want you to, we want this to be the juicy, gossipy book that it could be because, because he did not go down that path, but he, it was clear he could have. Mm -hmm. And they were, and once it was all done, they said, and that's the path we want you to go down. And he said, oh, I'm not writing that book. And he walked away from all of it. Wow. He walked away from all of it. And he never brought that book out. And I think about that book often because it was, it, it was so good. And I've been in contact with him a couple of years ago. I said, do you ever think about trying again or coming back again or doing that? And, you know, he, he says, no, that, that chip sailed, was, huh. you know, was a done deal. But that, that's a, a perfect example of you can be pushed. And if you're not clear on your boundaries and what you want and what you don't want, that that is what the marketplace would want. Yeah, give us the, the yep. gossipy, juicy, and that's a most... nice version of it in which he hasn't injured his own mental health for this. But um, I think that there are some people I could point to that have published things that were really uh, forthcoming about their mental health or their um, struggles or their experiences with other people that have damaged themselves you know they got the acclaim that they wanted but they either damaged their self themselves or they damaged their relationships in ways that yeah. they might or might not have chosen I mean you can't you can't speak yeah. to people but I think that that's a great example of being pushed so if you only leave it to the potential people who could make money if you tell your very dark story about some you know abusive or or you know molestation or uh, those are those are the things that leap to my mind um you might end up doing something that is not the thing that you want for your for your life yeah it's true i want to uh, briefly mention um because it's funny we're talking here about my blueprint for a memoir book and and i actually don't discuss these issues in the book on purpose i'm talking about right the, before the idea, but there are some books that do an exceptional job. And I, I just want to mention those. Um, I love uh, Body Work by Melissa Phoebos is incredible on this particular topic. Um, she she uh, wrote the book called Whip Smart, the memoir Whip Smart about being a dominatrix. And um, she talks a lot about the the erotic and writing the erotic. And that book, Body Work, is incredible on this topic. And also, it must be said, Mary Carr's book, The Art of Memoir, really good on this topic. 
and um, Beth Kephart's Handling the Truth exceptionally good on this topic. So if, if somebody listening wants to dive deeper into, do I want to be a memoir writer? How might this impact me and the people I love? Those are the books I would, I would point them to. They're really good. Excellent. All right. Well, let's, let's leave that. But before we end this discussion, I want to, I want to talk about something that is really, uh, I want to talk, I want to go meta about the writing of, um, the the blueprint for a memoir because you didn't want to <laughs> write this because it was going to be hard which is yeah. exactly what you're telling people to do which is do the hard thing so can you talk about your own experience of having to break through your your own resistance to figuring out what this book really had to be and making it that yeah, it was, it's kind of, it is very meta and it was a fascinating process because I I was in this unusual situation of, uh, of really truly not wanting to do it and also knowing that it was the best next move for me. A lot of people asking for this book. I have a big community of book coaches who use the blueprint in their practices. It made a lot of sense for my career to write this book. I'm also going to be launching a certification in memoir in 2024. So it's it was, you know, it, it sort of had to happen. And, and I, I felt really painted into a corner, I didn't want to do it, I did know it was going to be hard, I don't have time, all the things that everybody always says. And, and how I got through that resistance was to be perfectly honest, I paid for somebody to, to push me through it, which is I hired a book coach and I told her your job is to get me through this. I don't want to do it. And your job is to get me through it. And she, this was Barbara Boyd, who we've had on the show before uh, last summer in our um, blueprint series that we did. And she, she was so good at her job. I, I actually um, did a blueprint for the blueprint, which was funny. <laughs> um, and so it's asking, why do you want to write this book? And, you know, all those questions. And what she did that was so great was in all the places where I was like, well, I don't want to write this book. Or, you know, when I was do giving my whole doubt and resistance spiel, um, she did not come back like, oh, yes, you do. Or it's going to be great. She came back with, I know. And you can also, I also know that you can do it. It was, she was just very... Uh, straightforward. She met me where I was. She met me in that place where I was. And she also said this thing that was incredibly powerful, where she said, if you just start doing the work, it will build its own momentum. And I thought, okay. And, and I, and I did, I just started doing the work and it, it did, it built its own momentum and it built its own life energy and all, all those things. And, you know, we talk about this a lot, that there's beauty in the work, that it's hard. Like we always sit here saying, don't do it. It's so hard. Or <laughs> Like be ready for all the hardness. But there's, there's beauty in that hardness. And I think that in, I have come to believe that in a lot of ways, it's what we really want. It's what writers really want is the hard work. You know, we may say we want the Oprah moment or we may say we want the, you know, the money and all those things, which are good. We want we do want them. I'm not saying we don't. But being engaged in something that you care about that's hard and trying to sort it out and work it out and figure it out and what's right and what do I believe and what do I want to say and what's the point and all those questions 
there's nothing like it. And, and so the process builds its own energy and, and heat. And, and it did, it did that for me. And I, I didn't ever with this particular book feel like, woohoo, this is so fun. I love it. You know, like now I've got that. Like I never felt that, but I felt like, um, at peace and at ease and that what I was writing was good. And now that I am done, <laughs> I feel like, oh, this is great. Like, I'm really pleased now that it's all over. But none of it was a good time. <laughs> it, it is the best. I mean, I've read all three of your blueprint books. And it's the best. It's, it's the best one. I mean, it, I would read it. I, I would suggest that you read it even if you're not writing memoir, <laughs> like, it's just, it's, um, it's a really, it's, it's, this says more about this process of figuring it out, why it is that you want to do the thing that you do than any of the others, even, um, than any of the others do. So I just, well, thank I, you. I, loved it. I, I, uh, I hope that one gets better at what we do, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. And then one tries something new and yeah. Yeah. And then you have another idea and you do that idea, but, um, it's all, it all starts with, with a good idea, which is, which is, uh, why we're saying spend the time on that idea and, and getting it right. And, you know, the, even with this book, it might have seemed obvious what my point was. Like my point is to help people do the work before the work on a, a memoir but the the subtitle of this book is how to write a memoir for the marketplace mm -hmm. and i came to that point through this hard work of of why do i want to write this book what other books are out there helping memoir writers what do i have to say all of those questions that's the the idea playing with the idea part of landing on what really is my idea and what really do I believe? And and that's that's how we come to something that is effective is when we and ask ourselves those what's questions. What's so funny is that's where we started. Like yeah. that and that's so typical of everything, which is that you 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 beat your way through to figuring out what it is you really want to do, and then you start from there. And, you know, right. whether you do it by writing a whole thing or by going through this process or whatever. And, and then it seems obvious because right. it's the core, like because you found it. Like it seems obvious. Of course, you were writing about, you know, right. Like we started there that there are two kinds right. of books and one is the end. But if right. they, it's never obvious until until suddenly it's obvious. Well, what, that's what we hope for our listeners is that they do all this wrestling with their idea and come to the place that's right for their book. And it's obvious. Yay. All right. Well, this was fantastic. Thank you. Another great, another great episode. And um, there's more, a little more to come in this series of idea episodes. And you can also go back and if you've come to the end of your idea and you know what you're doing, you can go back and work through the series of blueprint episodes that I will put that link in the show notes as well. And um, so I'll just say, find us in all the places. And until next week, keep your butt in the chair and your head in the game. Hashtag AmWriting podcast is produced by Andrew Perella. Our intro music, aptly titled Unemployed Monday, 
was written and played by Max Cohen. Andrew and Max were paid for their time and their creative output because everyone deserves to be paid for their work. I know you love Serena Bowen, but have you read Serena Bowen? If you haven't, you should. First off, because her books are killer fun, and secondly, because every one is a masterclass in pacing, characterization, and plot. And if you think plotting romance is easy because, quote, we know what's going to happen, unquote, then call me again after you've tried it. Her latest is The New Guy, but if you're new to her world, I strongly recommend Brooklyn Air. Bet you can't stop with just one. Find out more at serenabowen.com.